Hey, everybody. Have you ever watched a game and said to your buddies, I knew, insert player name here, was going to do that? Alas, the sports gods have delivered us a solution. The Thrive Fantasy app. Thrive is a -a one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app specifically for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about top-tier athletes in the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, or esports. For the NFL, you choose 10 out of 20 player prop options, and yes, even Falcons players are available. For fans of the NBA, MLB, or PGA and esports events, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to complete your lineup. Thrive even offers new contests daily for each PGA event, meaning if your golfer doesn't make the cut, you'll still have a chance to win big. By this time, you should be asking, but Nick, how do I make money? Well, Each prop has an associated over or under fantasy point total based on its likelihood to occur. But beware, the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. By racking up the most points, you win the prize pool. And since launching in 2018, Thrive has paid out more than $1.3 million in prizes. So what are you waiting for? Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Yes, that's $20. And also, code ROOM303. Download Thrive Fantasy and prop up today. Not all states qualify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon-Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan. Is it episode 60 or is this episode 61? 61. 61. Wow. Wow. I am Nick Morahan. You you said yours so confidently that I'm not confident in mine anymore. <laughs> I'm Wait, Jermaine. Who? I'm Jermaine Colon Mendez. I'm Nick Morahan. Wait, who am I? Who am I? I'm Ron Burgundy. Who put a te- who put a question mark on the teleprompter? So, episode 61. Uh, a couple of good things to talk about. Obviously, no. Uh, we apologize for no episode last week. We were taking a rest and recovery week uh, because we worked so hard to bring you guys the uh, the sports news, the most up to date sports news. I don't know if you can hear my voice dripping with sarcasm. Um, we're going to talk about uh, one kind of you know the the first the first two weeks of the MLB season, uh, including opening day. Uh, obviously, the Masters, uh, the NHL trade deadline ended last night. We'll talk about some moves for that, the Champions League, uh, the our Final Four wrap-up, and then, as always, uh, our standing O and our final and cut them on this episode 61. Yes, with that being said, we'll move right into this episode's trivia question. And in honor of the Masters just starting and completing before we could uh, discuss the preview, we're going to go ahead and make this uh, trivia question about that. So since 1934, the year the Masters started, there it is, trivia inside of trivia, how many foreign-born players have won the tournament? And the answer is, do you see what the Carolina Panthers did? So, yeah. So, so Carolina traded for Sam Darnold uh, for a for this year's six uh, and next year's second and fourth. I don't I don't know what to think about it. I I think that 
it'll be it'll it'll either be interesting and a chance for Darnold to kind of um, uh, maybe not revive his career, but kind of kind of prove that he is not a product of he is not bad in a bad offense, right? Adam Gase, Adam Gase's system. I think Joe Brady is an innovative offensive mind and Matt rule knows how to develop players and he's very good at it. You know, you've, you've, you've heard a bunch of executives around the uh, NFL really gushing about how um, he can develop players, right? That's why he was so good at temple. That's why he was so good at Baylor. Um, Sam Donald has struggles that go back to college, right? There's a reason that in his, I think it was 30-something starts in college, he had 22 interceptions and 17 fumbles. He was not a proven prospect, or he was not a great prospect coming out of college. Uh, I think he was more raw than a lot of people thought, and going into Adam Gase's offense didn't help. Now, we know that Matt Rule in Carolina wanted the New York Jets job because he wanted an opportunity to work with a good young team with a good young quarterback, a young quarterback that he could develop. Uh, Sam Darnold is now paired with Robbie Anderson and probably the most talent that he's ever seen on a football field with DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. And it's going to be interesting to see who Carolina adds in the eighth pick. Because if Panay Sewell is there, and if or if Kyle Pitts are there, I, this is a scary team for Sam Darnold. I, for one, love the buy low. All you're losing, really, is one day one pick. Right? Mm-hmm. One day one pick, and if you somehow manage to flip Teddy Bridgewater, you're recouping at least one of those three picks. All to see what people were gushing about during this, this you know, during the draft process when he was coming out. People thought he was going to be really, really good. And he's had moments where he's looked good, and he's had moments where he's seen ghosts. But um, I, I, like, I like the gamble. I have a lot of faith in Matt Rule because I watched him coach Baylor um, in the Big 12. And I, was, I hated that dude because he was a f- terrific football coach. Joe Brady, I hate also because he used to be with the Saints, and he's a terrific football coach. And we saw him change Joe Burrow in the span of one offseason. He changed Joe Burrow so much, he made that man millions of dollars. And that's not hyperbole in any shape or form. He he took he took a quarterback in Joe Burrow from a, a starter on an SEC team to the one of the greatest championships in college or one of the greatest football seasons in college football history. The way I like to frame it is like Joe Burrow might not have been drafted <laughs> to Joe Burrow went number one overall. In yeah. And, season, which and yeah. Unanimous. Yeah. And there wasn't like any discussion. Exactly. Like you said unanimous. So I love it. Here's what's actually going to happen because you and I, well, I love it. You're not really sure. Here's what's actually going to happen. Sam Darnold's going to get there. He's going to compete for the job with Teddy Bridgewater because you guys couldn't trade him because his contract sucks. And, and we're not going to release him. And, he, and he's going to lose to Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> and Teddy Wouldn't that just be, be the his... most Teddy Bridgewater thing for him to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's just... Teddy classic, two man. gloves strikes again, Teddy bro. 
Oh, man. But so let's move to the other side of this conversation, right? So we, we covered the Carolina Panthers. I'm in favor. And the way I see the board kind of shaking out, um, I always say the wild card in this conversation is Miami Dolphins at six, which I could see them taking Kyle Pitts, especially to pair him with Tua. I am of the ilk that leans more Alabama wide receiver. I think Devonta Smith, especially with no true number one wide receiver, I think Devonta Smith is probably who they go with. That is my gut. I don't know. I don't talk to these people. This is just me scouting. This is me seeing fit. This is me seeing player personnel. But Brian Flores came from the Patriots system, which loves tight ends. But I think Pitts somehow falls to the Panthers at eight and becomes, based on how I had mocked it out, become that Carolina Panthers team becomes indefensible. I can't believe you guys lost Mike Davis though. What a dumb decision that was. Yeah. I and, and to not and to not pay him, you know, if, I think he got a five million dollar contract from the Falcons. A year though, right? Yeah. Oh, and in the division. That one really hurts. Yeah. But I mean, you can't have twenty-one million dollars invested at running back. What? I, I, so what? What has happened to Panay Sewell? He is. I every mock draft I I saw two months ago, he was. They were talking about him as a top five pick. No draft had him outside of the top five. Now there's no draft from the big agencies: Pro Football Focus, ESPN, CBS Sports. All these guys, nobody has him in the top five anymore. What happened I, to him? Nothing. I I still have him in the top five. I do too. He's 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 a can't miss offensive line prospect, but he's like dropping. I I I, I, I texted you this offline six days ago. Todd McShay released his mock draft three point oh. Panay Sewell is eleven. How, I don't see a I don't see a world that he drops to eleven. If so if if, here, if he drops to eleven, you're creating the most pissed off Polynesian in in the history of the planet. <laughs> so what happened with Panay Sewell is the Eagles, Dolphins, and Forty ers happened to Panay Sewell. Yeah, that's a good point. That that, so, that trade kind of screwed up his value. Because they've created a run of quarterbacks at the top to where people suspect Atlanta is even going to take a quarterback. So we're Atlanta, looking at... Atlanta has to mess up the number four pick somehow, right? 1,000%. We, we're waiting to see how they do it. <laughs> it's the Falcons. What do they do? They fail. So... That's what happened. Those trades really messed it up. I still have him going five to the Cincinnati Bengals. That's my gut. You have to, right? Like I, I see all these. Like I'm obviously we're not mock draft experts, or we're not draft experts. I don't sit and I don't watch film on these guys. But just taking the eye test, you had a quarterback who went down and got hit one more times than any rookie quarterback. Tore his ACL because of it. Tore his ACL because of it. And you're going to draft a wide receiver? Doesn't make any sense. Or a tight end? No, draft the best offensive line prospect we've seen in a long time to protect his left side. You have to do it. Now, do I want them to do it? No, I don't want them to take him at at four. I don't want them to take him at five. I don't want them to take him at six. I want him to fall to Carolina at eight. Because as much as I love Kyle Pitts... Or as, yeah, as much as I love Kyle Pitts, I don't think Kyle Pitts is a tight end. I think he's a. I think he's a. I think he's a dude that's going to get converted to wide receiver, and he's going to be a monster. Have you seen the comparison between Kyle Pitts and and Calvin Johnson? Their pro day numbers. No, I have not. Eerily similar. Yeah, but Kyle Pitts, Pitts can block. True, 
So maybe you also maybe uh, you know I, I'm also comparing to this old. We we also grew up with a little bit of older style style of tight end where you know tight ends can flex out to the slot now. So that's that's probably uh, realistically where he's going to project. But I I, I, don't, I see him being Travis Kelsey light. Yeah, I, obviously Travis Kelsey's still the fucking man. So let's calm down with that. Let's calm down with that comparison. But yeah, I see him being s- similar of the ilk to Travis Kelsey. You, but, you, so the, you, you said this, that the Jets now have 21 total picks in the next two drafts, including seven uh, day one picks. That's bonkers. Yes. In the first two rounds of uh, the seven day one in the next two years, um, they need to fire Adam Gase. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's yeah. Why why they have not fired Adam Gates? I have no idea. I I think that's the that's the last. So we're starting to see right. So, so you look at you look at uh, amount of draft capital. Oh my god! You know what, dude? Sorry, they did fire Adam Gates. What are we doing? Oh well, there you go. Rob, Robert Sala got hired. Oh, we'll fire Robert Sala too now. <laughs> But so I, I see the Jets taking a very similar path to what Miami's been doing, right? So you you stock up a lot of this, you stock up a lot of this draft capital. You you kind of hemorrhage your big contracts out, and you're going to have two years where you have where you're very low in caps, where you're very low in cap space, and you're very high in draft capital. And then you know where we see Miami right now is Miami's very high in cap space, and. They're they're starting to move into this realm of of you know we're actually talking about the Miami Dolphins pretty pretty as you know pretty seriously. Yeah, so the Washington Redskins are the same way. Yeah, the Washington Redskins are are looking like whoa. a real whoa, scary. Whoa, 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 whoa! You've had two talking out of your asses now. It's the Washington Football Team, my friend. No, I don't recognize that name. Unless oh. it's the Harambe's. Unless it's the Harambe's, I'm not calling them that. Just kidding. Don't dead name them. The Washington Redskins are looking real good, though. Oh, oh God. We're <laughs> losing viewers by the second. <laughs> oh, man. Hopefully, they don't pick Washington football team. I joked about it a long time ago, and now I've been sitting on it. I'm like, actually, they can't. Don't do that. I think they've already done it. I think they've... You know how much... Da- you, know how much you know how much Dan Snyder hates change. Lord knows it took oh. him ten years to change the Redskins name. No, it took him like twenty years. Oh, that I thing's been much. under fire since the nineties, bro. Like <laughs> my entire life, pretty much. <laughs> so the NFL is considering rule changes, right? Yeah. How often have we heard this and none of them stick? But they're talking about allowing players to wear, you know, larger number pools for positions. This one, this one will stick because it's a dumb rule, in my opinion. The dumb rules stick. Yeah, I. It's so you don't like it. You don't like that wide receivers can be like number two. I don't know. I don't like that. Tradition, huh? I listen. If there's one thing, if there's one tradition hill I'm going to die on in sports, it's that wide receivers can wear ten through nineteen, and then eighty-one through eighty-nine, or eighty through eighty-nine. That's the, I'll, I'll I'll die on that. There are certain numbers for certain positions of football. That's and you know what I'll di- I'll die on that hill. It's kind of like soccer, right? Yeah. Well, so- soccer, soccer, soccer is dumb. That that is dumb. Soccer players should be able able to wear whatever jersey numbers they want to wear. Wearing a number for your position, you know, like the striker is traditionally nine. Keeper is always one. 
That's dumb. So so that one's dumb. But that one's dumb, yeah. The NFL, the NFL one's not, not dumb, yes. I understand the hypocrisy, yes. I'm not saying that I'm not hypocritical. I'm just saying I think the NFL one's dumb. I think soccer is a bunch of old white men. It's old white British men, excuse me. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Nick is uh, talking out both sides of his mouth. Let's go ahead and move on to the NBA news for this edition of the show. Uh, Space Jam 2 trailer dropped. Thoughts? I so we talked about this pre-show. I went in. I very excitingly clicked the link to the Space Jam trailer, and I watched it. And I went, "This is trying to be three movies in one." It it, it went it went from LeBron James at a with with his the story with his kid to now LeBron James is animated to oh no now LeBron James isn't animated but he's playing against animated villains. From the tra- maybe maybe I'll be wrong, but from the trailer, I was like, "This looks like a crock of shit." <laughs> you just- you are of the opposite. You went in not liking the not being excited for for the for the trailer, and then what happened? They did a whole Powerpuff Girls on us. They were just like sugar spice, everything nice. Mix it up. We got Space Jam two, bitches. <laughs> No, I thought Space Jam 2 was going to stink because it's not a movie that we needed. And I think LeBron is so desperate to usurp Michael Jordan that this was just another thing that he really wanted on his list. Yeah, he refused. Like, dude, blaze your own trend. What are you doing? You have the ability to make any movie you want, and you're like, Space Jam 2 is what I want. Remake Apocalypse Now, LeBron. Yeah, I want you to go full Leo in The Revenant. All right, I want you to go film out method acting and fight a bear. Then I'll have some respect for you, LeBron. I mean, I have respect for LeBron, but remake Commando, I, LeBron. I love the fact that they pulled all the WBIP into the movie instead of just the Looney Tunes, and they called it Toon World. I thought that was cool. They have DC characters. They have Iron Giant, who's one of my favorite from the kids. I love that they have Dame Lillard, my favorite player. I mean, you know, it's whatever day of the week it is, him or Jimmy. Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson, Diana Taurasi, the the female goat. Sit down, Bukers from Yukon. You ain't done enough yet. <laughs> so, I thought it was good. I thought it looked uh, surprisingly good. And your complaint about LeBron with the kid in the basketball tournament. I mean, the Space Jam one was about Jordan and his kid. Not you really. That? Not really. That was, yeah, the whole thing was him trying to impresses like it was him and his kid and then he gets sucked into Toon World and that's what impresses his kid. But he gets sucked into Toon World always playing golf with Larry Bird. Yes, this I know, is like, like this is like LeBron's kid is going to get taken in into Toon World by a video game or something. All right, by, so by by Don Cheeto as a bad. Why are we trying to cast Don Cheeto as a bad guy? Has Don Cheeto ever been a bad guy? No, that's the best part. Let that's him- terrible. No, Don Cheadle's not a bad guy. He's Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, have you have you seen uh, his show on Showtime? What is it? Lie to me. I would be I would be lying to you if I said I did. <laughs> I think that's the name of the show. But he plays a con man in that, like a schmarmy little con man. Schmarmy, ooh. But so Space Jam Two will lose me if they don't end the movie like this. If they don't have LeBron back and he, him and his kid bury the hatchet because he rescued him from Toon World, uh-huh. hopefully, if LeBron loses him in Toon World, that's not father of the year potential. But And then a ball he, bounces across the court. 
Exactly. Him and his kid go to a, a, an empty gym. It's not even the basketball tournament. The ball bounces across the court. Somebody and it, stops and it. it. And it stops. And a shoe stops it, right? And it's the mm-hmm. Space Jam 11s. And it's Jordan wearing the Space Jam shoes from and the original goes, Space Jam. Hey, kid, you want to play a little one-on-one? And him and LeBron, and he LeBron, he rolls the ball to LeBron, and Jordan gets in a defensive stance, and you fade to black. If you don't end the it movie has, like I that, mean, it has to, right? If you don't end the movie like that, like with, we're like, oh, is that a secret one-on-one game that we don't? Oh, dude, if they don't end it like that, that ruin the movie. It has to be the gym from Space Jam where they all got together, where he gives them the powers back. Yeah, that same gym, bro. Yeah. And the ball has to be glowing. All right, now we're going. <laughs> Make it so, Warner Brothers. I swear to God, if you don't end the movie like that, I'm walking out. I'm throwing my beer at the screen and walking out. I will write a mean tweet. That's right. I'll if I'll, if you don't end it like that, then you're not earning four years, 160 million dollars. Space Jam Two. Yeah, unlike Drew Holiday. Dude, Drew, Drew Holiday got paid. Is Drew Holiday the most underrated player in the NBA? No, I would say Dame Lillard is. Yeah, but like but but people know how good Dame Lillard is. Like if you like so so for example, for my I'm saying for me, right? I am I would be described as the moderate basketball fan, probably because of you. I'm moderate, not casual. Right? I pay attention to more basketball news than just like looking at the standings and, and watching Sports Center. But for me as the moderate basketball fan, I don't think Drew Holiday is really that good of a player, but he keeps getting he keeps ending up in places where like he gets a lot of money and is and seems to be a decent player. He's like he's Mike Connolly. So, he's the new Mike Connolly. That's a good comparison. He's so good at defense. He is so good at defense, bro. Like unanimously in the league, a lot of star players are like Drew Holiday is a pest. He's one of the hardest defenders they have to go against. Like KD says it, and if KD saying you're a good defender, that dude's a walking bucket, bro. If he's saying you're a good defender, you're a fucking good defender, bro. Do I think he's worth forty million dollars a year? Absolutely not. I think this contract's horrendous. I think they did this because they're trying to keep Giannis happy. Forty million a year for Drew Holiday. Okay. Are you all right? Are good. You are you kidding me? Good for you, good sir. I, I, yeah, <laughs> like, I, yeah. I saw this contract and I was like, Drew Holiday is the new Mike Connolly. He just is getting like people are like, here, have uh, where's a give him the money. <laughs> we got money. Yes, give it to him. It's an unreal amount of money. I still can't fathom it. I can't wrap my head around it. I don't understand NBA contracts. Maybe one of these days you have to take me through. NBA contracts because I don't understand them. One word, guaranteed. I, I mean, this is a uh, this is an uh, insane amount of money. Guaranteed, he's getting all hundred sixty million dollars, even if he breaks his leg tomorrow. Yes, especially if he breaks his leg, tomorrow. <laughs> he's still getting that money, dog. <laughs> all right, you, Drew Holiday, you heard it here first. You just want to have one hundred sixty million dollars and not work. Bonk, break your leg. <laughs> Breaking news. Two strange men attack Drew Holiday. <laughs> Shatter his leg 27 places. <laughs> Not expected to resume career in basketball. Still has $160 million. 
<laughs> a footnote Drew Holiday buys podcast room 303 <laughs> for 10 million for 10 million oh bro podcast room 303 not expected to continue <laughs> speaking of speaking of people throwing away money Alex Rodriguez and his business partner Mark Lore are buying the Minnesota Timberwolves for 1.5 billion dollars <sighs> the Timberwolves hey Rod didn't you just try to buy the Mets? Why did you this? This is not you. Just you went to Target, and they didn't have what you had at Target, so you went down the road to Dollar General and, and picked up something. I love that you picked Target because Target, you know, its headquarters is Minneapolis. Yeah, this is a professional podcast, ladies and gentlemen. What a what a joke! That is not a lateral move. You don't go from the Mets to the Minnesota Timberwolves and not impromptu. You're fine to cut, Alex. You bum. This is, what kind this, of shenanigans? This has to be an impulse purchase, right? <laughs> yeah, how drunk was he? He, just, when he, signed he had he had seven hundred fifty million dollars laying around that he couldn't spend on the Mets, and he was browsing online like team buy buy teams online. <laughs> And he was like, ah, fuck it. I'll buy the Timberwolves. And Jay was like, don't buy the Timberwolves. He's like, don't tell me what to do. He was like, click. And he woke up in the morning and he was like, oh, what did I do last night? He's like, no, not the Timberwolves. So the worst thing you could do while drink is drive. Mm-hmm. The second worst thing you could do is drink in Amazon. And, and A-Rod learned that the hard way. Yeah. All right. So we're going to. had to have been listed on Amazon, right? What, yeah, that's where it was. Everything's on Amazon. We're going to end uh, the NBA segment by celebrating Grant Hill. He's going to succeed Jerry Colangelo as the managing director of USA Basketball. Essentially, he's the dude who puts the roster together, the training camps. He gets all that good stuff. He appoints the coaches, the training staff, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All right, so what do you want to move into next? Oh, we'll go into MLB. That's fine. All right. So, uh, the the big thing, I, I guess we'll we'll move into you know kind of the opening day uh, thing. I, I correctly predicted how the Rockies uh, opening day series would go. Um, the Rockies were going to win the first game and then lose the next three. So I'm very glad that my uh, that my prediction is on is is on fire. Um, Can you guys hit at least? Because the Cubs can't. No, no. Uh, the Rockies are unable to hit. Uh, Austin Gomber, the guy that we got from the Cardinals, is pitching lights out so far in his first two starts. Uh, he's 0-2. He's allowed three earned runs over two starts. Uh, he has gotten one run in those two starts. How many innings is that? Uh, I think he's thrown 11 innings so far. He threw five and six. Damn. So he's he's your Jacob deGrom? Uh, is that too soon to crown him? It's way, I would say it's way <laughs> too soon to uh, to crown him that. Uh, an interesting Jacob deGrom stat uh, that I sent around. I think I may have sent it to you on the Instagram. On the Insta. So I will just um, sit here and filibuster. Have you seen some of these new rookie kids, like well, the White Sox well, kid? I literally just pulled it up. Um, yeah, that went. Uh, he went eight for eight. First player insane. in MLB history to get uh, a hit in his first eight at bats uh, since 2018. Jacob Degrom has an ERA of 2.07. In that game, in that time span since 2018, he's started 41 games that the Mets have lost. He has now had this is this is of this is as of one day ago. 
He has now had 11 leads blown by the bullpen and owns a 1.76 ERA in his 33 no decisions in that time. That's not fair, dude. That man should have 50 wins. And that's the that's the picture. And it's oh a, <laughs> there God. couldn't be a more perfect picture. It's basically Jacob De, DeGrom making a frustrated face, looking at the board as the Mets can only score one run. Jacob DeGrom, this year so far, has two starts. In these two starts, he has allowed one earned run, or he has allowed two earned runs. The Mets have scored one. I just don't get it. Is there just a block on these Mets players? Like, statistically speaking, you should have scored more runs. Like, just on accident. I, I mean, not even statistically. Probability-wise, you should have you should have figured it out at this point. That's what I'm saying. Like, on accident, you should have made contact that would get you a run. Yeah. Like, I mean, you it, see that? Go. Go ahead. Uh, I was, I was going to talk about, you know, kind of pull a standing O, but uh, Akil Badu, uh, Tigers, so, so uh, Tigers player, Akil Badu. So he, here's how it works, right? He was a Rule 5 pick by the, by the uh, Tigers last June. So what Rule 5 means is that no matter the level of baseball that the player has played, he has to be waived. He has to go through uh, unconditional waivers. Or he has to have a spot on the twenty-five man MLB roster. So if they if you pick him in the Rule Five draft the next year, he has to be on the MLB the MLB roster. So Akil Akil Bado uh, has never played above Single A. He's never played a he's never had an a bat in Double A. He's never had an a bat in Triple A. He starts. I didn't know that. Yeah, he starts opening day for the Tigers. First pitch of his first at bat of the major league, he hits a home run. Then the next night, he hits a grand slam. Grandy. And then he has an extra innings walk off base hit. This kid is literally living his best life in the major leagues. He homered again today, and then. I think on the fourth game that he played, he threw an absolute laser from left field to second and threw out uh, Andrelton Simmons. Is there a is there a better definition of playing with house money? No, this is like textbook. Yeah, he is literally just playing with house money right now. Um, the uh, of of the of the starts right now as we move from opening day, uh, the Red Sox are not who we thought they were. They got swept in the first series, and they've won. They've won uh, six after that. Uh, no, we didn't. Oh, they won six. They yeah, they lost the first series. They got swept by the Orioles. So they're six and three. And then they they've won six in a row. Uh, the uh, an- another surprise. I mean, the AL Central is all within a game and a half of each other right now. Through through you know about ten games. The Angels, Indians, Twins. Yep, yep. Royals, 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 Twins, uh, Indians, White Sox, and Tigers. The uh, the Angels are leading the West right now. What? In front, in front of the Astros. Yep. Uh, wow. Yep. Shinsi Otani or Shihoni, Shihoni, Shonies. Right. That's what the restaurant is named for. Um. So Otani 
I mean, is through a 101 mile per hour fastball. And on the same day, hit a 114 mile per hour home run. <laughs> it's it's incredible. It's like when you read Babe Ruth's stats, and then he he you like get to his ERA, it's like two point two eight or some yeah, ridiculous it's, it's, number. It's not like very that. it's not very fair. The uh, Athletics need to pick it up because the Athletics are three and seven to start the year. Uh, wasn't that one of your darlings? Yeah, it was one of my darlings. Uh, the Phillies are running away with the NL East, not because they're really good, but because the rest of the NL East is not over five hundred. There is no team over four hundred, even. And the umpires. And the umpires, right? Yep. We're talking about the uh, missed call the other day in the Sunday night baseball uh, Braves-Phillies game in which, uh, in clear view of the umpire, uh, the Phillies player did not touch home plate and was ruled safe. And then going back and looking at a replay, which was a clear view that he did not touch home plate. Uh, all five angles. All, yeah, all five angles. There was not an angle that should, that showed him touching home, home, home plate in the remotest, in the slightest. I guess. Um, yeah, he just pretty hard to score a run when your foot doesn't touch the base. Huh? Yeah, it's yeah, that's kind of weird. It's kind of weird how phantom runs come. Uh, I did love, I did love the tweet though. Uh, the Colorado Rockies had an outstanding tweet in reference to this. Is this the highlight of your season? If you guys remember, yeah, so far no beating the Dodgers on opening day was the highlight. Um, if any, if anyone remembers. In 2007, the Rockies played the Padres in a basically game 163, a winner-take-all. And they won on a walk-off because Matt Holliday dove over the catcher and slammed his face on the ground. Right, this was to beat the Padres in extra innings, beat them like you know 12 to 11. Matt Holliday never touched home plate. I will say to the day I die, Matt Holliday uh, touched home plate. I do not believe it. Right? I remember this. Yeah. So in reference to the Phillies, so that the MLB posted the video of the Phillies walk off and the Rockies posted the meme where the dude is looking at the camera and then looking away. So that was, that was excellent work by the Colorado Rockies social media department there. Well done, Colorado Rockies. Well done. Speaking of the Colorado Rockies, the all-star game is being moved out of Atlanta and being moved to Coors Field in Colorado. First time since 1998 that the uh, All-Star game is moved to Coors Field. We might have a special Room 303 correspondent there who can bring us All-Star coverage from Coors Field. It might be me. <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm going. If you're going, I'm going. We're going. We're recording live from Coors Field. Oh, dude, I, I have to see what my work schedule looks like, but I'm very tempted to beat Bop over the All-Star game, considering I'll still be being paid by the Navy. So it's a done deal then? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, buddy. So, so well, let me, let me, the Comnav wife land's gotta, gotta be warned first. Um, so better, better route it, better route it shit. Yep. So the All-Star game is being moved. The original place for the 2021 All-Star game was uh, Truist Field Field in uh, Georgia, so in Atlanta. Do you want to talk a little bit about why uh, it's being moved out, Jermaine? So 
It's it's due to a response to a political move that the Georgia has decided to pull, which is they are seeking voter ID laws. And there seems to be this misconception because for some reason everyone remembers the Jim Crow era and how voter ID laws were used at, in a racist way. Nobody's discrediting that. Nobody's saying that it's not. But... Now the argument is saying that voter ID is racist because it prevents people of color from voting. When you look at actual states who have passed voter ID laws, the actual voter turnout of minorities has actually gone up, right? And it's racist for you to think that uh, people of color don't already have identification. So... I don't understand where this nonsense is coming from. I don't understand why everyone's praising this as a significant step for them to have to pulled out of this out of Atlanta as a sh- sign of solidarity and good faith because it really doesn't make any sense. We di- we need an ID to drive a car. We need an ID to go fishing or we need a license to go fishing. We need a license for a boat. You need a license to practice cosmetology and cut hair. You need a license to be a barber. You need a license to serve alcohol. You need a license to operate just about any single thing. Your own property where you own land, you need a license to put up a windmill and to collect clean water. Right? Rainwater, which is not owned by any entity. It literally happens at random. On your private property, by the way. On your private property, you need to have your plates registered. You need a passport. Now they're forcing vaccine passports on people. I feel myself getting more libertarian as the as the years move on. And now I have to sit here and deal with all these knuckleheads saying that it's a racist law. Guess what? I am Puerto Rican. I am in America. And I have multiple forms of identification. I know where to get them, when to get them, how to renew them, when I should renew them. I understand how much money should be spent to renew them. I I think I think it would be a bit I think it would be a bit uh low of me to say this, but I'm going to lowball the number here. I would say 90% of Americans know where to get ID. And I 80% of Americans have ID. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it, it, it blows my mind that this is even an issue. Yeah, Voter ID laws are not designed to prevent Americans from voting. In fact, the Americans who don't usually vote, who already have identification, are like, hey, they feel more qualified to vote because they have the identification. Thus, voter turnout increases for those minority groups that you say are trying to be oppressed. I'm so sick and tired of talking to such fucking stupid people. Read a book. God damn, it's unbelievable. How are you going to punish a professional sports team for a law that their state passed? This is what happens when you mix business with pleasure. Now it's stupid. And you know what you know what fascism is? Mixing fascism. business with pleasure? Fascism is when Entities or corporations force you into compliance. And that's what's happening in Georgia. 
with Coca-Cola, with MLB, with their filming studios. That is exactly what's happening. They're pulling all this stuff from Georgia to force them into compliance and not pass this ID law. That is fascism. And that is a very dangerous game to play. And that is what you're experiencing with all these corporations using their power and manipulating individuals into thinking that they're doing good. It's fucking unreal. I'm going to drop the politics soapbox because it's more than enough. Congratulations to Coors Field for getting the All-Star game. It's a beautiful field. It's going to be a beautiful game there, just as it would have been in Atlanta at the brand new Truist Stadium, which I was would have been dope to see as well. Have you ever been to Coors Field? I have not, no. Oh, okay. Well, now, we, now I basically have to take you. 1,000%. Because you're not going to so, go to Coors Field really any other time. No. Are you guys going to be in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, in in what is it? What is it? 2021 we'll be back in 2035 probably. Yeah, it's cyclical. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll, dri- I'll drive my my Porsche my Porsche hover car to the to the stadium. <laughs> while you're eating your space food. While while I'm eating my my freeze-dried space food. <laughs> so, uh get well soon, the Canucks. Uh, they had something like 20 members of their team contract a newer strain of the COVID-19. I believe they said it was the Brazilian strain. They're experiencing vomiting, diarrhea, fatigue, exhaustion, and some players couldn't even get out of bed. Uh, they, at, at this point in time, I have not heard that they're returning to play yet. That yeah, that's insane. yeah, it, it, that's that's a little scary, right? When you have professional athletes, basically half the Canucks team, not only testing positive but being pretty much knocked down by this virus, this new strain. One hundred percent. That's kind of that's kind of insane. The NHL trade deadline was nuts, bonkers. Something like forty or fifty trades were completed. Yeah, pretty crazy. I don't so like I, it was so many trades. I stopped like keeping track, and I was just like, we can't even cover the trade deadline. They're, yeah, <laughs> like I thought the NBA was wild. The NHL. If do yourself a favor, if you're into pro hockey, go look at what happened. They were just swapping players for the sake of swapping players. It felt like. Yeah, it it, it really seemed like a lot of like this this trade deadline really. It was it was the the have and the have nots. The have nots were giving players, and they're giving, I guess, star players, yeah. star players, right? Or star players or or core players, and they were receiving prospects and draft picks by the by the boatload, right? I'll, I'll take you over some. So the the uh, Colorado Avalanche added a second goalie in Devin Dubnik from the Sharks. Uh, the Sharks got one of the Avs, Demon, Greg, uh, Patrick, Patrick, and a fifth round pick. Uh, the uh, Lightning got David Savard and Brian Lashoff, two defenders from the Red Wings and the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets got a got this year's first round pick and a third pick, and the Red Wings got a fourth round pick. Like I said, oodles and oodles of picks. Um, the Maple Leafs got Nick Foligno the, and uh, Stefan Nolson from the Blue Jackets and the Sharks. The Blue Jackets got a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick. The Sharks got a fourth-round pick. 
uh, do, 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 going through more trades. Uh, really, the, I, the, the huge trade right of the trade deadline was you knew that he was going to move at some point, but Taylor Hall from the Boston Bruins, or uh, Taylor, Hall, Taylor Hall to the Boston Bruins from the Buffalo Sabres, uh, um, uh, Anders, and then Anders Bjork and a 2021 second-round pick moved from Boston to uh uh, Buffalo. That's that's my pick. That's my that's my trade deadline winner right there. For Boston to acquire a player like like Taylor Hall, who is a seventy point guy normally, and he's just having a really poor year. That Buffalo Buffalo couldn't justify getting a first round pick for him. Boston won the trade deadline by this by this trade. It seems unfair because Boston's been so good for the last few years. I was just like, come on. Yeah. How is that fair? Pittsburgh added Jeff Carter from the Kings, a very good uh, centerman uh, for a third-round pick next year and a fourth-round pick in 2023. That's a steal by Pittsburgh. Um, Our team's made a trade. Yes, Carl uh, Carl Soderberg is coming back to the uh, Colorado Avalanche uh, for Josh Dickinson and Ryder Rolson uh, to the Blackhawks. So Carl Soderberg, good uh, good uh, veteran player. I uh, don't know where he fits in Colorado. I they didn't really need him, but he'll probably fit third, fourth line uh, type veteran leadership guy, guy that has a lot of experience in Colorado and a lot of ex- uh, experience in the playoffs. Chicago also traded uh, Matthias Janmark uh, to to the uh, Golden Knights for a second and third round pick. Uh, another Good haul. Th- yeah, another my n- another big trade of mine. Uh, the Capitals getting Anthony Matha from the Red Wings, right for two forwards, a first round pick this year and a second round pick uh, next year. I didn't realize that they got him. Yeah, that's actually that's actually a big deal. Crazy trade, yeah. The playoffs are going to be wild with all these trades. Yep, yep. it's going to be. That, that, I, I think it. You know, you really want to see this year. You really want to see a. You don't want to see an upset. You don't want to see a Columbus Blue Jackets, Tampa Bay. You want to see. You know, those four teams. You want to see the Avs. You want to see the Capitals. You want to see the Lightning. You know, you want to see the Bruins because they have reloaded somehow the trade deadline. The Golden Knights made a lot of good moves, too. Yeah, true. Yep. You want to see the Avs and the Golden Knights in the Western Conference Finals right now. The Avs have figured it out, and they're the best team in hockey right now. So that's that's always good. They look scary good. Yeah. And now that they've – and their, their biggest problem last year was goalkeeping. You know, they, they couldn't keep Grubauer healthy. And now to add a dude like Devin Dubnik, I mean – Is that arguably – that's top five tandems, isn't it, now? I, I would say so, yeah. I mean, I, th- that for for that low of a price, I that's that's an incredible trade by Colorado, and J- I mean Joe Sackett continues to win. Joe Sackett, their GM. I, I don't like he has built the Colorado Avalanche into something that is something that is reminiscent of when he played in Colorado. So I, that's uh, kind of how I feel about Stan Bowman right now. Stan Bowman keeps adding picks, bringing in young talent, and somehow has his competing. <laughs> I mean, I guess when you have Patrick uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tails, it's you know, you know you, you're kind of always going to yeah. be in it, you know. But hurt. we haven't moved those guys. We've still been kind of in the thick, not really contenders or anything, but definitely making playoffs. Yeah. So I like what he's doing. 
Uh, Blackhawks are always still very fun to watch, but let's move on to uh, UCL, UEFA's Champions League. Yeah, so the, so the Champions League, we had the second leg take, plas- take place last week. Uh, I'll give you, so these first two games, the second, or the first leg took place last week. The second leg will take place uh, tomorrow uh, for you people on the uh, East Coast. Uh, Bayern lost 3-2 to two to PSG. Um, their 19 game, their 19 game unbeaten streak in the UCL snapped. This was not a surprise to me. I, I think that you know we in the in the final, Noyo played like the world's greatest goalkeeper, and it would be ridiculous to think that he could do it again. And the first goal exposed Neuer too. Yeah, and and also Boateng, why he continues to start in the lineup, I have no idea. He is an awful defender who should have been gone four years ago, and yet he still manages to start. Does he secretly hate Bayern? I, I don't. As soon as Messi nutmegged him, I would have just been like, "Get on the plane and go I'll, I'll, <laughs> for free." I'll pay. I'll, I'll, I'll pay. I'll pay for wherever you want to go. Just get out of here. You're old and you're slow. Like at least he made up for it when he was young and could he, and he could at least keep up. And he was tall and he was big and strong. Now he's just slow and gangly. He's kind of got a belly now too. He sucks. <laughs> yeah. How long? It's got- ever since ever since you've met me, what have I been saying? Yeah, that you hate both. Jerome Boateng sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's he's kind of like Raiders merchandise. You know how they they pay, they pay you to wear it. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we paying him? Why are we paying him to keep games competitive? Who knows? Also, also in this game, Thomas Mueller almost hit one of the most incredible shots I've ever seen. Yeah, that's what I text you, bro. Yeah. I. The fact that he even got contact on that and yeah. how close it I was yeah. it hit his foot and still almost went in. I was just like if he would have finished that it would have been one of the truly special goals I ever witnessed. It would have been up there with like Ronaldo's header, uh Gareth Bale's bicycle kick, Landon Donovan's goal in the World Cup, and I I'll fight I'll fight anyone that says that that isn't that isn't an incredible goal. Ooh, that was a, <laughs> that was that was a nation-shaking goal. Yeah, that yeah, that one made America love soccer. I think we uh, so, registered a three point two on the Richter scale, like oh, as, a nation, as a nation. <laughs> no, that they changed it to the Donovan scale because of how loud it was. <laughs> uh, in, in, in the the other second leg taking place tomorrow, Porto uh, and Chelsea. Chelsea won the first one two uh, zero. Uh, taking place two days from now on the fourteenth of April, Real Madrid will play Lever- Liverpool. Shockingly, they beat Liverpool three to one. So Liverpool's str- I mean, what? Not shocking. We we did say that this is something that could happen. That Liverpool. All we talk about is Liverpool's like awful recent play form. Yeah, yeah. And then we're shocked when they actually played terribly. Uh, and then the the final game is is Man City and uh, Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Man City is up two one in this game. Both those games again will take place two days from now. Yeah, Liverpool and uh, Borussia both got away goals though. So. Yeah, that's that's pretty big. Y- what's crazy with the the Bayern PSG game is that you guys played significantly hurt, as did PSG. PSG had a few players missing. They had Verratti missing, which is would have started big time midfield presence for them. But you guys almost won that game. Yeah. So PSG is not out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination. They have a big-time game to prove that they are one of the the world's top clubs. If they blow it, oh, man, if they blow this, I don't know what to say. 
I almost kind of want it to happen now. I just because Mbappe hasn't signed a contract, Neymar just signed. If they blow this, ooh. <laughs> oh man, that team so, is in for a rude awakening. So essentially, Bayern only has to win two. They basically have to win by two goals, right? Because of yeah, the, because of the away goals, right? So they can't so they, they can't win one zero. But they could win four three. Is that right? No, four three would put it at six and six, and PSG would. St- oh well, yeah, actually, no, they yeah. Win. Four, so, four, so, four three. So they four, have three to win would by be. They have four to win three by is two. four away goals. Yeah, they have to win by two, or they have to win four three, <laughs> or they have to score four plus goals. Hey, which is which is ridiculous that we're four, three. which is ridiculous that we can even like say that like. That's a possibility against a top level club that Bayern could score four goals. Both teams have horrendous back lines. How uh, awful! The only reason that makes them good is they have they have great keepers. Chelsea's playing two away games and they might skunk Porto. How outrageous is that? So let's move into combat sports. The 29th season of Ultimate Fighter was announced. It's going to feature champion Alexander Volkanovsky and challenger Brian Ortega as the coaches. Starts filming later this month. It's supposed to air domestically on ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus continues to rake in, hence the price price range. Did you see that? ESPN Plus uh, is going to raise their prices middle of May from four ninety nine to five ninety nine. So it should because be of this ultimate fighter crap. No, it's because of everything they've added. UFC, NFL, they keep adding a whole bunch of stuff to to ESPN Plus. So. It was only a matter of time. Plus, Disney owns them, and Disney's Disney hemorrhaged a ton of money during COVID, so they're trying to get it all back. That's true. So it's the first Ultimate Fighter since 2018, and the contestants are going to be middleweight and bantamweight. Um, I'm not actually like I like both fighters like themselves, but I'm not like super interested to see them as coaches. The, neither one of them has a lot of like flash. Yeah, so like Brian Ortega, soft spoken, Volkanovski shouldn't be the champion right now so we're just going to move on to the ncaa yeah so since we last left you something major happened and it wasn't just the major golf tournament called the masters it was the ending to march madness one of the greatest sporting events that happens yearly um men's and women's crowned a champion so the final four shook out for the men's Gonzaga squeaked by UCLA 93-90 in, in overtime with an epic call from Adam Morrison um, as Jalen Suggs banked in a three from just past half court. And Baylor routed Houston 78-59. Houston only led twice, 3-0 and 8-6. So then you had uh, the women's Final Four. Stanford beat South Carolina by one. You'll see a trend later on in this. 66-65 to re- reach the final. Then Arizona women put it on UConn and and the Nays- Naismith Player of the Year. 69-59 for me to get the entire women's final wrong. <laughs> yeah. So I had Swing and a miss. And then the NCAA championship game shook out as follows. Four men, Baylor cruised past Gonzaga. 86-70, never trailed. First title in program history, second in Texas. And shout out to my hometown, University of Texas of El Paso, better known as Texan, Texas Western or Glory Road in 1966. 
Then you had the women's national championship game. Stanford beat Arizona by one to win the first title since 1992, 54-53. Yeah, I can't say anything else else about it. The Room 303 bracket predicted Baylor. Top uh, top 10,000 in the nation. Yeah, I... That's how our bracket finished? Yep, top 10,000 in the nation. What was our uh, percentage guess right? I feel like we got really good. One, 100%. That's not right. We were in the top 100%. Yeah. We, were in the top, we were in the top 1% of all brackets. But, you know, top top 10,000, 3.1 million brackets submitted. I'd say that's a, a win for room 303. Hell yeah. We had how many? We had five of the Elite Eight, right? Yeah, Texas five Texas. of the elite eight, three of three of the final four, both champions, and then we successfully successfully predicted the Baylor final score. We just missed the Gonzaga final score by five points. By five, because we had, I, I think I went out and said eighty six seventy seventy eighty six seventy five. The final score 86, was eighty six seventy. The final score was eighty six seventy. Man, we were so close on that final. That final score would be spooky if that hit. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, there's some coaching news in the NCAA. Bill Self, right? The much maligned, constantly in scandal, looks kind of schmarmy, has a very punchable face. The head coach of Kansas signed a lifetime deal with him, and that news broke kind of on the heel, uh, heels of. Roy Williams announcing his retirement from the University of North Carolina. I was waiting for you to say good riddance, but so <laughs> so uh, Roy Williams retires. Um, he was kind of a huge deal in college sports. Uh, terrific ball coach. Nah, He's not gonna, really. <laughs> there it is. He's going to get replaced by UNC alum and longtime assistant coach. Uh, Roy Williams says the greatest young man he's ever had the pleasure of of meeting. I was just like, "Whoa, that's high praise!" Because Roy Williams has met tons, and that kind of a sounds lot of young men. You say, "Yeah, yeah," it kind of sounds spooky when you say it like that. <laughs> um, uh, Hubert Davis was the appointed successor, and it seems like it, in all of today's news, it, we have to mention his race or anyone's race now, or gender, um, despite us always saying that there are no race and gender and that we're just human beings. But he's the first African-American to lead the program, which I thought was kind of cool. I like. I remember Hubert Davis as a coach. He has a super recognizable voice. He seems like a great dude. I was just like, yo, I, I like this hire. And the, UNC spent almost no time. They were yeah, just they, like, hey. Yeah. It was announced the same day. Yeah, they they it was almost like, hey, we knew you were going to be the next coach like five years ago, which is probably what they did. They probably brought him in and told him that kind of how Bill Belichick's doing with Josh McDaniel. So I think it's cool. I hope Hubert Davis wins a national title like right off the bat. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Go Congrats. back. <laughs> Congrats to Hubert Davis. I'm sure you are a great person before you took this UNC job. Actually, no, you're a UNC alum, so I hated you anyway. But congratulations. <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> you're the worst. And then uh, we'll finish the uh, NCAA news with some uh, Player of the Year awards. 
uh, Luca Garza sweeps all four major men's awards. He was run-up last year, and he's the first Hawkeye ever to win. And Paige Buecher is the first freshman to win the award. Uh, Nick mentioned her in the last episode, episode 60, um, in the standing O because she's absolutely bald. She was a, stab- a savage. So the award was the award was started in 1983, and so they both won Naismith Player of the Year. Shout out to them. Much deserved. Yeah, no, yeah, no real surprise for those. Uh, that those are the best two players in college basketball. Yeah, definitely. So, with that being said, do you have anything else for NCAA? No, that's that's it. La- last thing I want to mention is Villanova Wildcats just keep winning. They are returning the Player of the Year for the Big East. He said he's coming back, and then another another guy said he's coming back too. So I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so Villanova should be good again. We'll move into standing ovation. Um, and let's just start with Trey Mancini hitting a home run and Camden Yards. I listen, I, I've never I've never had I've never had cancer. I, I've never had a significant thing that I've had to come back from. But I would think that when I'm coming back from this significant thing, I wouldn't be able to do the thing that I love again, like my job. Trey Mancini had cancer and is now playing baseball again. Anything that Trey Mancini does, I lap it up. There's a Trey Mancini. Him, it, it could be Trey Mancini takes batting practice. I'm like, give it to me. I want to watch it. <laughs> right? They and should it just replace a- ESPN News, like the whole channel, with just Trey Mancini. Just a follow. Just 24 camera. hours camera, like eight hours of him sleeping. <laughs> just look at him. Look at him. He survived cancer and he's sleeping. <laughs> he's a professional <laughs> baseball player. Like him and like Carlos Carrasco, guys like that. I mean, uh, friggin' Scott Oberg. Shout out to Scott Oberg. Hopefully he overcomes whatever he's going through. But guys like that that can overcome, you know, significant problems and continue to play at a high level always impress me. Yeah. Alex Rodriguez did it. Yeah. Alex Rodriguez overcame a rampant steroid problem and, you know, hit 700 oh. home runs. Overcame being a douche. <laughs> no, he never overcame that. He just bought the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's a douche move. I didn't get the Mets. I'll take the T Wolves. So speaking speaking of baseball, the because of the relaxed uh, gathering laws in Texas, the uh, Rangers were able to host a full capacity crowd of forty thousand people in their new stadium. That was a great photo to see. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was pretty. It was cool. cathar- It was cathartic to see them stand up for the national anthem and clap and and just be joyous. It was. It was a little weird though, right? Yeah. It was a little kind of like off putting. You were like, if you just That's- saw that picture, if you just saw that picture, you'd be like, this doesn't look like 2019. This doesn't look like the ballpark at Arlington. Like this is is this the Rangers' new ballpark? But they built that last year. But last year was COVID. That's kind of the the. You know, but it was good to see it like on video, you know, a bunch of fans cheering, you know, giving each other COVID, all that stuff. The energy was wild in that state. Yeah, it was. I love to see it. So uh, good for you, Texas Rangers. You're going to have a big crowd all year long. I know that people are, are tr- planning trips to travel there to catch a game because they can't watch the games anywhere else. So um, obviously... If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that Nick and I love trivia, hence the trivia question that we start the show with every week. And Aaron Rodgers 
starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, he's kind of good at football, decided to guest house Jeopardy again. And he did a terrific job. And he also says that he wants to host and play. Aaron Rodgers is playing hardball with the Packers, and I love it. I I just I don't I don't know. Did you did you hear that LeVar Burton also wants to host Jeopardy? Ooh, I like that one better to be honest. Yeah. I do 100%. I saw that and I was like stick to football dude reading rainbows about that Merc Jeopardy. Let's go, bro. He could just do the more you know all the time, bro. That's all we would do. Instead of the daily it. double. I, dude, I was rooting for Aaron Rodgers. Now I'm hoping for LeBron Burton. I didn't <laughs> realize that was done. even an option. I didn't even know that. I was like, get out of here, Aaron. Go on, get, get it. Go to play football. Go on, get I love that the two-day champ on Jeopardy didn't know the final Jeopardy question, so he wrote in, who who, uh, who chose to who chose to kick? Or, uh, you know, that's a paraphrase of the question. Who's, I think it was, whose decision was it to kick the field goal? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. And it, just, and, it, and it popped him. It popped Aaron Rodgers. Tickled his fancy. So uh, I love Jeopardy. I used I used to. I still watch Jeopardy all the time. When they added Jeopardy to Netflix, I used to put. I just just put that on and watch it. <laughs> well, well, remember in Diego, we try to get back. We try to get back off the uh, the. We try to get on the fifteen hundred launch so we could get back in time. Get back to the room in time to catch Jeopardy. Yeah, and then when so, the when it switched. Would time change times zones switched? I would end my watch watching Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. That's right. <laughs> so, congratulations to our standing O submissions, as well as Akil Badu, who we referenced earlier during our MLB coverage. We're moving on to find him and cut him now. And <laughs> Nick, I'll let you start it off with the DMs. All right. Well, so Michael Rappaport, uh, notable. Uh, bitch boy and constant uh, th- uh nuisance black community wannabe um yeah just real just a real nuisance tries to like frame himself as a sneakerhead as a hip-hop legend as a basketball guy or not a hip-hop legend but like a hip-hop a knowledgeable hip-hop guy a basketball guy he's just really super annoying in my opinion i've never liked him but apparently he made did it start with a joke about Kevin Durant or he DM'd Kevin Durant and was basically like so it started with a joke about Kevin Durant he said Kevin Durant shut up and sit there and answer the interview questions right and this was around the oh, time right. the the Dave Portnoy thing was kicking off yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where the Dave Portnoy deposition tapes were leaking yeah. the case so- was dropped so he so so Michael Rappaport on that Michael Rappaport used to work or got hired by Barstool Sports right, as Barstool Barstool was looking to build there. I think this was around 2016, 2018 maybe. Basically Barstool was still looking to build their brand a little bit. Right now you everything Dave Portnoy touches turns to gold and he has a 500 million dollar company and doesn't need to you know get celebrities anymore. People come work for him. He doesn't search out people. Um, See Dion Sanders. Yeah. See offering Paul Pierce a job after he got fired by ESPN. Um, really? So, I didn't see yeah, that. That's funny. Yeah. Um, Shout out Paul Pierce, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. My, Paul Pierce standing out. My boy. <laughs> well done. You savage, dog. Anyways, carry on. Yeah. So um, 
basically Rappaport got fired by Barstool Sports and then tried to claim that they basically filed a lawsuit against them in which they got just unequivocally demolished. His lawyers got unequivocally demolished by by the, the I, I I don't know what Dave Portnoy is. I don't think he's a human at this point. He's an alien. Defamation of character case is what yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's is right. what he went for uh, because they released a t-shirt. Uh, I think it's the clown t-shirt, right? That Goodell, yeah, that Goodell yeah, yeah, first yeah. adorned because that was that was like what really first put Barstool on the map. Well, I mean, Barstool was well, no, but that was like what blew it up into this kind of bigger thing that it was. Yeah, and Michael Rappaport said it was premeditated, and then the lawyers grilled. Uh, people who worked for Barstool during that time period in their deposition interviews and actually proved Barstool's case for them in what was one of the absolute most embarrassing legal cases I've ever seen in my life. And <laughs> Michael Rappaport took that L on that day, mm-hmm. on the same day that he called out KD, and Michael Rappaport coins himself the self-proclaimed king of shit talk. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then KD proceeded to uh, win everyone's respect back after, you know, his burner account scandal. Now everyone's pro KD after he went at Michael Rappaport, bodied him, and made him cry on national television. Yeah. He he basically was, to make make an already long story short, um, he basically was whining and complaining and, and and he released his own dms he released his dms from kevin durant acting like it was gonna like save him and basically if nobody had known about this nothing would have happened people would just would have kept on going but he releases his own and was basically like look at how look at how kevin durant is attacking me and everyone's like no dummy <laughs> you tried to body kevin durant and he responded like like who who's if somebody talks crap about you, you should be allowed to respond. Kevin Durant did it in the right way and personally DM'd Michael Rappaport and was like, yo, dog, stop talking shit about me. And then Michael Rappaport was like, wah, 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 wah. And Kevin Durant just kind of went off. And, and and Durant ultimately apologized for using you know inappropriate language, but he didn't say anything wrong, didn't say any racial slurs, didn't say anything like that. Just bodied Michael Rappaport and was like, yo, stop talking shit about me. And then Michael Rappaport releases these DMs, which basically are like, yeah, you lost. And then cries on national television. So, yeah, Michael Rappaport, you're fine to cut. So, so you took two L's that day, and here is Room 303 ready to follow up on April 12, 2021, Boom. to hand you your third L to complete your set. That's right. You bum. So preemptive fine and cut John Brennan and Cincinnati Bearcats. He's suspended indefinitely pending investigation after six players transferred last month. This can only end badly. Welcome to find him and cut him, sir. We will follow up this story when we actually get the details. Let's move on to a much lighter find him and cut him. I feel like the last two were a little, well, you know, Michael Rappaport's wasn't that serious, but, um, <laughs> bitch. Spain's head coach Louis Enrique stuck in the elevator <laughs> misses opening minutes of World Cup qualifier versus Kosovo. <laughs> which I truly, that- which just really proves I've had this thought for a while. What do soccer managers really do? 
<laughs> they won three one, so apparently not much. What did what did they do? And how did how did he take a how did he take a an elevator that the players didn't take? That's what I was. That's why he was here. I'm not confused. Where did my man's go to get a hot dog before match day? He had to spit. He had to spit to those little Spanish biddies up in the up in the up in the the, the executive suites. He's like, oh shit, I got a game to coach. He's like, oh sorry, babe, I gotta run. Hopefully the elevator works. He's gonna say that for the rest of his life. Hopefully the elevator works. Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, they still won the game, so I guess that does prove the point. What do they do? Uh, Louis Enrique, welcome to find him and cut him. Yeah. Are right, you you want to take this last one? Yeah. So, so uh, Bucks cornerback Carlton Davis used the word "gook" in a tweet. Uh, obviously, people went crazy, right? The the rage. The I wouldn't even call it the the political correctness mob because it's not cool to say this um so he got he got obviously hemmed up and down for it he responded saying that it means lame in the south florida community that he's from so yes so uh podcast room 303's investigative journalism department went on the internet and tried to corroborate this story Mm -hmm. they found on one uncredible (laughs) source it's not credible, so take it with a grain of salt. But on Urban Dictionary, if you Google this word, um, it has the highly offensive connotation. So uh, I don't know how you could miss that. But then a few definitions down, it has the South Florida lame version. And Carlton Davis tweeted saying that if you Google Urban Dictionary – which It'll not it's you. like it's like your your teacher said in high school you, you can't use wikipedia as a source yeah and so he said if you look it up it's on there he was correct it's on there i don't know when it was added he could add it retroactively but in order to get to that definition of that word you had to scroll past the offensive <laughs> definitions so carlton davis so everybody was yeah everybody was basically like well we don't live in south florida so in that specific community. Twitter is not South Florida. It is the internet. The world sees it. The people you offended see it. So sit down. Shut the fuck up. Enjoy your Super Bowl victory. Enjoy beautiful, sunny South Florida. And uh, you've been fine and cut, you lame ass. Yeah. No see doubt. what I did there? Yeah. That's That's your community, right? Your community uses that for lame. <laughs> no, not not my community. <laughs> so we 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 asked you at the uh, at the beginning of the show since 1934, the year the Masters started. How many foreign-born players have won the tournament, Jermaine? Uh, the answer is 22. 22. And uh, this was in honor of the Masters champion being crowned on Sunday. I believe Sunday was yesterday, so that's April 11th, 2021. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama won this weekend. On a, I think he won fairly handily, right? If I'm not yeah. mistaken, he, mm-hmm. he won by like that's two correct. or three strokes. Yes, that's correct, because Justin Rose had an epic meltdown. Ooh. Can't do that in a Masters. So Can't do that. Can't the, have that. The fr- 
the first closest, I think, uh, if you're looking for like Asian centric winner of the Masters was VJ Singh, and VJ is from Fiji, and I think VJ won in 2000, if I'm not mistaken. So Hideki Matsuyama becomes the first um, Japanese golfer and Asian golfer to win the green jacket. And then they had a photo of him at the airport waiting for his flight. Did you see this photo? Yeah, walking through the airport carrying the green jacket. I would not take that thing off. That thing would I would that thing would smell so bad when I took it to the dry cleaner. I'd just sit around my house, no shirt, gold chain, just dry cleaner, my, what's that? In my in my in my oh sorry, rich people stuff. You know, um he he was actually he actually is the first Asian to win the Masters. Yeah, yeah. VJ yeah, Singh was the closest. Fiji isn't considered. Yeah, yeah. Um, Micronesia. Yeah, that's Micronesia. Um, the best part was is when he got to the like seating area of his gate, he had the green jacket like thrown over <laughs> one of the chairs. Like it was just it was lopped on the chair. I was like, yo, this man. This is savage. He don't like, give man. no fucks. I'm yeah, I picked that one up champ. in Augusta. You like yeah. that? <laughs> you like that yes, sweet jacket? Yeah. I just picked it up in Augusta. Yes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> they, got awesome they got an awesome tailor shop down there. <laughs> That's good, dude. That's a good one. I like that. Oh, man. How about Dustin Johnson's epic meltdown? He didn't even make the cut, bro. Yeah, DJ, you're fine and cut. Bro, plus five. What a bum. Are you even professional? Have you have you seen that uh, Rory McIlroy does not do well? He's like combined in all his masters is five over on the first day. And then combined on days one through three is like minus 37. It's like 37 under. Okay. I'll look up so, the exact stat. So, but so, so day one, he's over. Day one of all the Masters that he's ever played. He's he's five over. He's five over combined scores. Round one. Right. Rounds two through four. That's what I was he's You said one through three. He's 37 under. Wow. Yeah. Dude, so Rory McIlroy is the definition of somebody who needs a sports psychologist. Yeah, I get. I mean, I think he has one. Well, well maybe, he's, maybe, to, or maybe he's maybe he's fired. the definition. Maybe he's the definition of of somebody like me who just doesn't do well and then <laughs> thinks about it and adjusts. Yeah, we need we we need a warm up. We need a warm up. I don't ever warm up on a golf course, and I found that the like the few times, the few times, like when I played Pinehurst number two, I warmed up. Right, it, you almost have to. Right, <laughs> you're not you're not gonna breakfast ball the first hole on number two. <laughs> that's like that's like getting ready for a prom date. Right, I putted, I chipped, I drove, I drove with all, I, I hit the driving range, all my clubs. I was there like two and a half hours early. I was like, what am I playing a PGA tournament? And guess what? Stepped up and whooshink. Great shot off number one. No, I didn't shank it. The fairways are so wide at Pinehurst. It's hard to shank. It's like really hard to shank. Okay. The hard part is the hard part is getting to the greens. You need to come down and play it. I need to go to the golf course more and play it before I go to Pinehurst. Well, well, yeah, that's 
Yeah, obviously. I need to get. A, I need to go. I'm gonna go get lessons, bro. Because I, I still, I, I'm gonna beat you. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that that was our that was our episode sixty one. Remember to uh, like, follow, subscribe, download. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room Three Hundred Three. Uh, podcast is available as always on. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast Room 303 is there. What do you got for the people, Jermaine? I don't really have much. Uh, Thank you for tuning in for episode 61. We promise to bring you more. We'll eventually get consistent. Um, (laughs) Or at least we'll let you know if there's going to be no episode for the week. You know, a little something instead of just going dark for 10 days. But as always, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Uh, If you haven't checked out WrestleMania 37 this weekend, do yourself a favor. Check out some pro wrestling. Shane McMahon takes a hellacious bump off the top of the steel cage. With that being said, passionate leader out. Hey, Room 303 listeners. Are you looking for a way to make every game day exciting, even when your favorite team isn't suiting up? then Thrive Fantasy is the destination you're looking for. A -a one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have options for NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports. Guess what? They even take all the research out of it for you by only asking about top-tier athletes in their respective sports. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is, baby. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Build your lineup daily and earn all that moolah. For NFL, choose 10 out of 20 player prop options. NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options. With PGA having new contests each match day, Thursday, Friday, and so on. Still on the fence? Well, here's the nudge you need. Use promo code Room 303 when you sign up and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. I'll repeat that. Promo code Room 303. A $20 bonus. Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes since launch in 2018. What are you waiting for? To be up 28 to 3? Download Thrive Fantasy now and prop up today. Not all states qualify.